Hey. Hello. How we doing? I'm good. How are you? I am good. I'm still in Hawaii. So just living that up for the next few weeks. And I'm super excited about our episode today. I think it's gonna be fun. Mm-hmm. Or scary. Depends how you look at it. <laughs> Depends on which one of us you are. Yeah. Let us know whether you're an autumn or a Jordan. <laughs> um oh before we get started though we should talk about our giveaway we're doing a winter giveaway we still haven't announced what it is because autumn and i keep going back and forth about which one we want it to be but all of the options are really cool gifts so we'll post about that soon and to enter the giveaway you just have to write a review send us a screenshot or post on your story and tag the account and if you're private you'll still have to send us a screenshot um because we won't get that notification but yeah enter our giveaway we're going to be doing it through march so also a review is worth two entries and there's unlimited entries. So yes. you can win. You, you can, can win easily. You just, win. You <laughs> like, the odds are in your favor for sure. Um, but yeah, so today we're going to talk, we're going to recap kind of Autumn and I are going to share our thoughts on the episode last week and the topic from last week, which was relationship anxiety. If you haven't listened to that one, it's an incredible conversation with Sarah Yudkin, who's a relationship anxiety coach. She really brings incredible perspective to, you know, when you're struggling with anxiety in your long-term stable, healthy relationship. Um, and then we also got a listener question that's kind of related to all of this. So we're going to kick it off and talk about the listener question. So thank you for our listener who DM'd us this question. Um, she asked how to find individuality in a relationship in your 20s. She asked about living together and just setting good boundaries when you're in a long-term relationship and now you have kind of freedom of time. How do you set boundaries around your relationship? So Autumn, if you want to kick it off and talk about your experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, well, first of all, I think the whole concept of like living together and with your partner, especially in your young twenties, we will probably have to do a whole episode just separate on that because it's kind of, you know, it's a big one. Um, but second, I think for me, it was less of like a, oh, I, I want to be individual in my relationship and more of like, I have to be because we were long distance for literally like the first four years. And I was in college and definitely, which I think is better, was better for me because I would have been the girl to leave all of the friends and like, just hang out with my boyfriend all the time. And that's definitely not who I want to be or wanted to be then. And so doing long distance kind of forced me to like figure out how to be okay on my own. And then now since we've, you know, we don't do long distance anymore, but we don't live together, but we live within like 30 miles of each other, 30 minutes of each other. <laughs> um, I, it's definitely been like a struggle of finding balance on feeling like I'm spending all of my time with him or I'm not spending enough time with him. We kind of like go back and forth on that rocker. And it's definitely been tough because I want to, you know, make friends and like build connections in my community. But that's hard when I only have two days on the weekend and I have to kind of like decide if that's going to be with Sean or with friends. And so Sean and I kind of made this schedule where like every other week, um, I'll go to his house or he'll come here for the weekend. And then like the other week, you know, we'll hang out like a couple times during the weekdays. So we have like every other weekend is just to myself to like do what I want to do. And sometimes I have plans with friends and sometimes I don't, but 
um, it's nice to still like have that scheduled time of like, I know I'm going to see you this week, but like, you know, the weekend is for me or like the weekdays are for me this week. And like, I get to do what I want to do. And I think the last thing I'll say on this is that it's important to like, definitely have time for yourself and find out who you are and what makes you happy. Because I think this ties into like our episode from last week too, is that if you have all of your happiness and all of your eggs placed in your relationship basket, and you expect your partner to fulfill all of your needs, you're not going to be happy. And at the end of the day, it's not your partner's job to make you happy. And if, if you are not happy in your life, that's not your partner's fault. That's your fault. Like your partner is supposed to uplift you and support you during hard times, but it's also like, it's not their job to be your therapist and to like figure out your shit. You know, if you're going through a hard time, you can't always be going to them. Like you need to make sure you're like balancing who and how often you're like trauma dumping on people because it's not like, it's not fair for one person to carry that load just because that's the easiest person for you to talk to about it. Um, So yeah, I think just scheduling time for yourself, taking yourself on dates. Maybe if you live together, telling yourself, telling your partner, like, Hey, it's Friday night. I'm going to go dinner by myself. Or maybe if you could like play video games upstairs, I'm going to watch movie by myself or just like, and it might not be comfortable. It might be hard at first, but I think you'll start to like, look forward to your time alone if you schedule it like that. Yeah. And I think, well, first of all, I want to say that your hair looks really cute. I was thinking about that the whole time. In a side note, we've kind of got a cute Cinderella thing going on. Um, but anyway. It's called really greasy. And oh, well, it's got like a cute curl. Like that looks very intentional. So A plus. Yep. Um, but yes, I agree with everything that you say. And I think that people are really overwhelmed and I can talk about the book. I won't get into this right now, but the book at the end of this episode or during book. the, the recap, <laughs> I'm going to talk Bible. about my Bible, marry him that I just literally <laughs> just finished while I was showering and it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's like, we are obsessed with this idea of spontaneity and like sweep off your feet romance. And so the idea of like scheduling and intentionality Mm -hmm. in your relationship sounds so like corporate boring, Mm -hmm. but in reality, it just makes your relationship a lot easier. And I was actually talking to someone about this and I was like, I almost like, it's like, it almost could get to the point where you can be like, you know, I'm not getting flowers enough from my man. Like I'm going to request that the first Friday of every month, he gets me flowers. And it's like, if he's not natural, that sounds like I get like some people are gonna be like, you oh, I would never. But in reality, if he's not naturally thinking I'm going to get her flowers, like you're just going to keep getting frustrated because you're just going to keep having to remind him and he's going to be under delivering and you're going to be overexcited and it's like never going to work out. So if you can just take all of that out of it and be like every first Friday, I get a like bouquet. It's a win for everyone. And I think like I just think that that level of intentionality really can benefit, especially long-term relationships. Um, And yeah, I can talk a bit about living with Kai because obviously we live together and we also were long distance in college, which I agree was awesome. I feel like I had a very full college experience and not that people who are in relationships in college can't, but it just was like, I had so much solid girl time and got so close with like our group of friends. They took full advantage of like the USC experience. And I also on the outside of that was growing this incredible like relationship that is obviously so significant to me. And so it was kind of best of both worlds. So I kind of loved that. Obviously there was difficulties, but like for the most part, it was great. Um, 
And then we moved in together for COVID and like literally wanted to rip each other's head off. And it was so hard. (laughs) So it was kind of this crazy swing. And I was just reading another book, The Untethered Soul. And it was talking about the way of the middle and how we exist in extremes. And we spend so much time and energy swinging from one extreme to the other when we could just be in going the way of the middle and like finding balance and not having to like waste our time swinging. And so a great example of that is like socializing. I am such a person who will overly socialize, get super burned out from socializing and then pendulum and not see anyone for like a month and literally like be, and then I'll be like, oh shit, now I'm lonely and swing back. And I think you can really do that in your relationship and pendulum from like, I'm obsessed with you. You are my person. You're my everything. This is everything. And then pendulum back to like, I need fucking space and I hate you. And it like is so unhealthy when you could just set boundaries and be intentional about the way that you spend time and exist in each other's lives. And then you're like in the middle, more comfortable. And there's going to be so much less tension because all the tension happens during the swing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think like my example is like going from one extreme to an X was a big adjustment. And now that we live together, like we've been living together for, I don't even know, like three years now. That's crazy. Um, (laughs) for a while, that's fucking weird. Um, but I think what Autumn said, like just setting boundaries and being comfortable saying like, Hey, honestly, I need some time alone. Or like, I need my alone time right now. Can you go for a run? Can you like take the dogs for a walk, get your boyfriend an Xbox and like some friends that play Fortnite, and you won't see him like at least one night a week. (laughs) So that's some great space. And so I think like finding those things separate from each other that fill up your time will just help you both stay in that middle path and not feel like you have to undulate from like spending Mm -hmm. too much time together to never being together at all. Mm -hmm. You can find the way of the middle. Yeah. I think it's easy to like at this age, especially if, you know, if all of your friends are each other's friends, you only hang out with like couples. And so on your Friday night, you're going to hang out with your friends, but they're both of your guys' friends. You don't have any separateness. You don't have any sense of who am I and who am I without this relationship? Like find a hobby, you know, mm-hmm. whether you get really into yoga and like you, you go to your class two nights a week. And that is like a non-negotiable for you. I think just working on going back to those things that like you love doing when you were a kid or things that like really bring you peace and stability, you'll like keep seeking that out and you'll fill your like me cup in, in mm-hmm. those times. So yeah. maybe find a hobby and get really into it. And then that will like force you to have time away and like be separate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also think like, um, in this world of remote work, mm-hmm. <laughs> like if you guys are both working remote, like get an office or get something where you can go like work at a cafe because Kai works in the office. And I truly think it's like the best thing for us because we have forced distance for a lot of our week, like doing something else. So I think, yeah, working that way. And then hobbies is just like, again, just make it routine, make it structured. So you're not thinking about it. You're not fighting about it. You're not trying to make decisions about it. You're simply existing in your life and it's keeping a more balance and you don't have to like put your energy into you know, is this going well? Is this going poorly? Like, how do we get it to go well? And just automating as much as you can. Sounds lame, but it's true. And it helps a lot. I know. I feel like 
it's sometimes I feel like when we talk about relationships, people think that we probably sound like so like boring and whatever, but it's like, you have to be like a very good and brutal communicator sometimes to like be in a relationship for so long. And just because that we've like done it at a younger age. And so many people in our age range are like the polar opposite to us and like have no sense of stability. Or if they are dating someone, it's like three months in or six months in, it's like, it's hard to compare those sorts of things. Like at this point, we're basically in marriages <laughs> and, yeah. and the, the problem that we've had to go through or like the communication skills we've had to develop, like you have to be so honest and like share every single thing to like, cause no one's going to read your mind. And there's so many, like you, you, I don't know, it sounds boring, but it's not, you know, like if, if you like put an effort and work on it and it's like a very like peaceful stability kind of knowing that like I have someone that's always there that like wants to do life with me and that and we work well together like we're a good team and it's really really comforting but it's different than it was when you know when you're falling in love and you're so obsessed with someone and like you you don't even want to hang out with your friends because you're so obsessed with this person like Mm -hmm. you know but that's not healthy like we were talking about with Sarah like you have to come out of that if you don't come out of that like you're going to just become one single entity. And like, well, I also think in reality, you you will come out of that. And so it's like, how are you able to handle that? Like if you can't handle, it's going to happen. So if you Mm -hmm. can't handle coming out of that, then like, that's where I think a lot of relationships fail. And to your curse, baby, to to your, I totally think it's to your curses. And like, so this book, my book, marry him. Everyone should freaking read it. Especially if last week's episode resonated with you. It's so good. And if you're single, it's like, it's honestly more for people who are dating than it is for people in relationships. I just think it's, it helped my relationship anxiety, like in ways I can't even explain. Like I it's fucking gone. It is incredible. And so, but one of the things that it talks about a lot and like, so the book title, I'll start with this is marry him, the case for settling for Mr. Good enough, which is an off-putting title, but as I've gone through the entire book and read it and like learned everything that I've learned through this book, I've realized that like our gut reaction to that sentence being like, Oh, that sounds terrible is mm-hmm. part of the problem. And mm-hmm. the idea that like, if you think about it, you're settling down, like you are you settling. And she talks a lot about like people who think, and I think this ties in so well to a relationship anxiety conversation last week. Like People who think as maximizers are people who are always thinking like there's more out there and you're literally never going to settle down or be happy if that's your mindset. And people who are not maximizers do settle for Mr. Good Enough. And it doesn't mean that like the person is not absolutely amazing. It just means that they weren't spinning out thinking, well, is there something better? Is there Mr. Perfect somewhere? They're like, this is filling so many of my needs that I am happy and I can settle into this relationship. So in the beginning, I was like, this is a really off-putting title. She needs to change the title. But by the end, I was like, oh, I understand the title. It actually makes a lot of sense. And like our gut reaction that is part of the problem in dating culture. And I will also say, before we get into more of this, that like, I think there's a big difference and they talk about this again in the book, but like, if you are dating, like the advice that Autumn and I are going to give you today is- if you have the intention of being in like a long-term companionate relationship. And I think that that is entirely different than like dating for dating's sake. 
And I think our age group is at a time where you don't have to find a long-term companionate relationship yet. Like, I mean, you never really have to, but you're no one's there's, there's a less of a sense of urgency as like, as you get older, there's a bit more of an urgency. So I think some people just aren't going to resonate with our advice. Dating, the experience dating is different for people when they have different expectations. And I think it all kind of comes back to this idea of like, there are people who are dating for companionate partnership, like lifelong commitment. And there are people who enjoy dating for the sake of dating. And those those two people, like the people who are dating for companionate relationship, typically are having a harder time than the ones who are dating for dating's sake. <laughs> so there's kind of like two groups. I think a lot of people might not resonate with the things you and I say, but that's because like the things you and I say really relate to those looking for like companionate partnerships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're going to have problems in whatever relationship you're in. And like, that's just a function of the fact that like you are different people coming together, building a life together. So like you're going to have problems and couples, I think like the Gottman Institute, they said that 70% of couples fights are like the same recurring fight about the same dynamic. And it's just like accepting if that's something that you want to work on for however long with someone, is that a fight that you want to keep coming back to the and putting on the table again? Is it something that you're able to work through? Do you guys have good communication skills? Like can you resolve conflict? If, if you can't resolve conflict with that person, then, then that's when you should be like, well, maybe it's not the right person for me. Like if you don't have the same values and you can't fight well, then I would definitely like, those are red flags, but it's like, you can't, you're going to have fights. You're going to have problems. And for me, a lot of my relationship problems are like, personal things that I'm going to carry to any relationship, like relationship anxiety. That's not a me and Sean thing. That's a me and whoever I'm with thing. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's always going to follow me. And that's just learning that like, this is something I have to work on in my own. And like, also just thinking about like attachment styles, like I have an anxious attachment and that's going to follow me. And being with a stable partner like Sean, it's helped me move closer to secure attachment, but I'm not always there. Like that ebbs and flows. Sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, like on Friday, you want to hang out with your friends? Like, no problem. I'll do something else. Other times I'm like, God, why does he want to hang out with me? Like, does he not love me anymore? Like he wants to leave me. Like, it's just, you know, anxiety in general ebbs and flows, mental health in general ebbs and flows. And so at different points in different, in my, in my relationship, I can move from secure to anxious, secure to anxious, but like having someone that knows that about you and like, you can teach to kind of move through that with you. Like, that's the important part is like, can you, can you communicate? Well, do they understand you? Do they want to understand you? Like, do you feel safe telling them things? These are the important questions, not is there maybe someone better? Because honestly, there probably is maybe someone better. Mm-hmm. But are you maybe going to find that someone better? <laughs> like, yeah. you, gonna, you know, I, I don't know. Well, and I think like, so, I mean, that's just such an unhealthy mentality because you, there are flaws with every human being and you will never like, even if you maybe find the someone better, there's also maybe someone better than that someone better. <laughs> and like, that's a never ending toxic just cycle. 
again, back to the book. I like wrote all these notes down. I literally was driving, listening to this book on Audible. And I was like, hey, Siri, start new note. And I would like read the quotes. So I have all these quotes. But one of the things that it talked about was how people who are in from the same communities. So like same cities, same like similar upbringings, whatever. People who are in arranged marriages have as good, if not better marriage satisfaction than people who are not in arranged marriages. And she kind of breaks down why that is. Um, And she talks about how part of the reason is because it's your family picking your partner for the right reasons. And like one of the things that we have a hard time doing is picking people for the right reasons and paying attention to the important things. And we like let stupid things break relationships. So part of it is that, you know, your family is like thinking about, oh, are their futures aligned? Are their like core values similar? Are they both wanting to have children? Like these kind of big make or break questions they choose and then they choose like, okay, well, we know your personality. We know your flaws. We can like pick someone that compliments that. A lot of times we ourselves overthink of ourselves and we're like, we're so perfect. So this person is not good enough. And it's like, that's not true. Like you have your own set of flaws, but I think that what that your point and like how this comes back to that is that one of the things that they said was in an arranged marriage, the question isn't, is this going to work? It's how can we make this work? And I think that's so important when you start to encounter your first problems. It's like, it's not, oh, is this make or break? It's how can we get through this? And if you kind of switch that mentality and recognize like love is, is something that overtakes your life. And like one, it grows. It's not like something that I think I love Kaim now more than I did when I first met him, even though the first meeting was like more fireworks. There's so much more love there, but it's also something you choose. Like every day you're choosing to be in your relationship. So you like have to actively continue making that choice. And when you encounter big fights, you have to be like, I'm still choosing this human. It's not just going to come naturally to me. We have to make this work together. And I just think that that, that was like one of the biggest aha moments with the arranged marriage thing, because it's like, Mm -hmm. we do just kind of set ourselves up for failure by like picking the wrong things and worrying about all the wrong things when we are looking again for like companionate partnership, like lifelong marriage material relationships. Mm -hmm. I know that's interesting because I've always like thought like, honestly, if you spend enough time with someone and you have like, you know, you want kids, you both like traveling, like those like few core like things you could you could fall in love with probably anyone if you spend yeah. them and there's like a level of attraction and same, you know, interests and goals out of life. Like people that I used to think were like so annoying then I like spend time with them. And I'm like, actually like, you're like a really good person. And I just didn't like mm-hmm. see all of these different sides to you. Like, I don't, I feel like people look down on arranged marriages, but if the the satisfaction is like the same. That's crazy. (laughs) Same or better. Like (laughs) it is wild. And like, yeah, I think so. Like if you think about needs and wants, I think that's a big part of it is like, think about what you need out of a relationship versus what you are wanting out of a relationship. And a lot of times people are like, oh, they, they aren't, I don't know, like exciting enough. And it's like, first of all, what's enough? Like, what are you like, do you have some measurement? But also like a lot of times with our wants, there are some level, it's not black or white. So it's like, there is some level of excitement in the relationship. You're just for some reason deciding it's like not quite there. And so it's kind of this like weird thing where we put it's, 
we give it a black and white concept, like yes or no, but it's not black and white. And then we make or break our relationships off of those things. Well, also with things like that, like, oh, he's not exciting enough. What are you doing to be exciting? Yeah. It's like the flowers thing. Yeah. Are you, are you, yeah. If you want more flowers, wait, what are you doing to make him feel special? Like I I think a lot of times women are like, I need to be taken care of a hundred percent and like everything needs to be a rom-com and everything needs to be for me. But it's like, are you, are you doing things to like make him feel special? Like, are you writing little love notes before you go to work? Or like, are you going out of your way to be thoughtful in the way that you want him to be thoughtful to you? And like, a lot of times if I ever find myself like wanting a little more like affection or love, like before I even say something about it, I just start like exuding that and being more loving and like more affectionate. And then like, it comes back because like, you know, you give them that little nudge that you want that. And then they start feeling that way too. And they start giving it back. Like you have to put your money where your mouth is. And if you're bored, like that's part of, that's also on you. Like it's not a hundred percent any, it's not their job to make you happy. Like I said earlier. So, well, and it's like, are, not only are you doing those things, are you communicating that you want those things? Yes, or are exactly. you, which is like a whole <laughs> other issue that happens. And I think, yeah, it's really like, I mean, communication is key. Recognizing that you are like actively choosing this human every single day and like living that day in that, with that mindset, I think is very important. And just like also recognizing, like we said, like your faults, like recognize that a lot of the anxiety is coming from you. It has nothing to do with the person. And like one of the things the book kind of reframed my mind on is because a lot of what it talks about is like getting rid of your list. But like, especially with Kai, like he was like my dream man. You remember, I was like so excited and I was like, he fits everything. And eventually I just started to build, create problems out of nothing. And like, luckily through therapy realized it was my fault. But it's like, it's so important to recognize that like you are a major part of your problem, the problem with your thoughts, especially if you feel out of control of them and are having thoughts that you aren't wanting. Like I didn't want to not feel confident in my relationship. It just was happening. Like, okay, that's like, I need to go to therapy. I need to like sort that out. That's not, there's no reason you should have like that much internal strife over something. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I think. I mean, we could talk about this forever and I think we probably will do another long-term relationship conversation because there's so many like facets to it, but we definitely wanted to wrap up our conversation from last week because it was such a great conversation and we wanted to give our thoughts and yeah, let us know if people have more questions on this, send us DMs. Cause we'd also love to have Sarah back on. She was an awesome conversationalist and an awesome host or guest to have on. So let us know if you have questions for us or for Sarah, and we'll we'll keep this topic on deck. Woohoo! Woohoo! Yeah. See you next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>